World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Hello, welcome to the show. I'm Jeff, and I'm in a sort of uh, chilled mood today. So maybe not chilled, like cold and cold and icy. Yeah. Uh, so this is going to be maybe a subdued episode, and uh, in the interest of having a subdued episode, I've had. Um, I, I'm inviting uh, one of my more um, excitable and talkative guests. So <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Please welcome back to the show, Hannah Burge. I'm the number one creepypasta super fan. Hello, you gave me that last time. Yep, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we we've had a couple false starts on this recording. <laughs> Uh, I also am kind of setting out here to prove that the reason both of the episodes we recorded last time were just like a million hours long was Judd and not me. So I'm going <laughs> to be super fast this time. Yeah. Hopefully we'll try to make this one go pretty quickly. The oh boy, this one is so long. <laughs> yeah, the story we're going to talk about is a very long series called Cabin Getaway. The first post of which is titled My Romantic Cabin Getaway with My Fiance Isn't Exactly Going As Planned, posted two years ago presumably before the rule about clickbait titles was enacted. Uh, it, it is by, uh, oh, what is the, the person's Felix name? Felix Blackwell. Felix Blackwell. The, the Reddit handle is The Cold People. Uh, and boy, uh, he's got 41.5 thousand karma. Uh, that's just that's quite a so bit. Much. Yeah. Uh, so tell us what this story is all about. Try to be brief, but there's a lot going on here. Yeah, I will try not to skip anything important, but I also just like, man, it's so much. Um, okay. Wait, uh, hold on. I can do it very briefly. Uh, a couple goes to the woods in Colorado for vacation, and then they have an encounter with some kind of doppelganger monster, and then at the end <laughs> they, they barf out the doppelganger poison, and they're all fine. Maybe. Oh no, did you read the, did you read the, the mystery unravels part? <laughs> uh, I listened it's to the whole thing. Oh boy, yeah. Yeah, well, that whole barf incident is... Also, he, like, explains what's happened in the previous post very, very succinctly at the top of a lot of the posts, and I'm like, wow, I just want to... That's all, but there are so many details that I think are kind of important to discussing the literary efficacy of this particular story that I sort of want to touch on. So, all right. So, uh, okay. shall we? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So, yes, it's true. These This couple from California is visiting Pikes Peak in Colorado, and they're staying at a cabin that the fiancé, female fiancés, wow, I wish there was a distinction between those two, Family, Faye is her name, owns, and everything's fine for the first four days, except, like, the Wi-Fi is really bad, and they feel like they're all alone. And then after those four days, it starts snowing, even though no snow was predicted at all. And then that 
night they start hearing weird noises and outside they see a three feet in diameter enormous stream catcher hanging on a tree and they're like oh that's weird but they just kind of go back inside uh, yeah, they're, they're like this is fine we've never seen the Blair Witch Project we have nothing to be afraid <laughs> of here uh, I, also... I just checked and I did not read parts 11 through 16 uh, <laughs> Because they That's were not okay, part of the they were not part of the two hour long uh, uh, reading of the story that I listened to today. Now you understand why it took me two hours to read all of this, despite the fact that I am a very fast reader. Yes, uh, it's a nightmare. It's just all bad. Um, I mean, the story's not that bad. It's just so much reading. Anyway, so the next day after they see the dream catcher, um, they are playing video games inside, and then after it gets dark and they fall asleep, uh, Faye wakes up and she's like, hey, there's a voice outside, and they sort of hear something, but not really. They call the ranger station using uh, Felix's cell phone, and they're like, oh yeah, we'll come up, and then they don't. And then he says, shit got really scary the next day. Uh, it's still snowing. Faye goes to bed really early, then wakes Felix up around 1am, like, just freaking out, and she's like, it's my grandfather's voice that's out there, and Felix never met him, but he died four years ago, and he does hear a voice, and it does sound different but he can't call anyone using his cell phone so they just like are freaked out and go back to sleep and then the same thing happens again the next day basically except also Felix thinks he hears his mom and so he goes outside grabs his light shines it all around he sees snow pushed around in weird ways but he doesn't see anyone and then he just goes back inside and he says since I can't call the ranger station I'm posting this instead as if this <laughs> no sleep post on reddit is a good way to discuss intruders breaking into your house. Uh, it is not. Um, then they call Faye's dad and then he's like, hey, it's Monday now and not Sunday. I <laughs> was online twice today. I wish I knew more about electronics, but I'm a history teacher. Sigh. Jeez. Uh, uh, Faye is not feeling well. Um, she's yeah, very... One, one popular thing about internet fiction is like, oh, no one knows uh, what the internet is. Nobody's ever heard of a podcast in any story that <laughs> is posted online. Nobody uh, knows what Wi-Fi stands for. Uh, like, <laughs> Wireless just Fi? For the, for the sake of convenience, <laughs> everyone in online spooky stories is a real dummy. Yeah, that's true. It does make your life a lot easier if your character doesn't have a simple way to solve the problem that they're trying to solve. Um, so he's like, hey, Faye's super Catholic and she thinks something supernatural is happening. And then they hear some noises outside, whatever. The dad will be there in the next morning and then he'll post after they get back. And that's the end of the first part of 16 parts. So we're going to have to go more quickly through these next ones. Um, uh, yeah, it's basically like the, the Faye keeps acting, acting weird. Felix keeps going like back and forth to this cabin. Or does he... No, I think he goes back at least, like, twice. He goes back... He only goes back one more time. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, well... It's just I, very disjointed. Yeah, so here, here, here. I'll go much, much, much faster now. Um, there's so, a lot of skippable content, I would there's say. There's so much skippable content. Basically, most of it. Um, yeah, so now you have enough background that I can just do whatever. So then they get picked up. They're back at Faye's house. Faye's parents' house, I mean... And Faye's doing some really weird shit in her sleep, like acting really weird and talking. Um, she has what they call an undiagnosed sleep disorder. And so he 
he's like, oh, this isn't really a big deal. Then they hear a child outside singing in the dark and Faye sits straight up in bed and says, don't let them in, uh, doing a weird voice. So I don't really know what weird voice is all about. But anyway, uh, everything's fine. Faye throws up some. I still can't figure out if that's important or not, the throwing up at this part. Is any um, of it important? I mean, important is a strong word, but I tried so hard to figure out what a lot of this means and it is just inscrutable. <laughs> yeah, um, so 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 much of the story is this uh, thing where it's like the the very like let's let's it, nighttime happens and uh, a loved one starts behaving weirdly while strange noises happen outside and that happens like a bunch of different times over and over yeah we'll just call that the refrain and we don't have to say when that happens anymore um so then the next night the refrain occurs but then Faye ends up sleepwalking out of the house uh and standing on the car naked and Felix goes downstairs and yells at her and she runs into the woods the woods outside the parents house and he's freaking out and then suddenly Faye calls his name from behind and she was in the bathroom and everything's fine so they don't go back to sleep and he says fuck Pike's Peak they make a list of all of the voices they hear and none of it is important but it's very long next okay so uh, the parents when they pick them up tell them about how they bought the cabin from a woman named Jennifer who didn't want to be at the cabin anymore because weird shit happened. Um, Laura, the mom, Faye's mom, he makes a really big deal out of like, oh, I don't want to overwhelm you guys with a lot of names. But then he makes the names of two of the characters the same. Why would he do that? Uh, yeah, and also understand. he makes him and his fiance's names like very similar. They're both like F names. Yeah, I actually didn't even notice that, but it's yeah. true. It's bad. Um, yeah, so mom says that nothing happens and then the refrain occurs and Faye does some weird shit. Um, then a guy goes up to the cabin to check for carbon monoxide leaks or anything, but what they find is just a bunch of footprints around the house, like 12 sets of footprints walking in circles around the house. Uh, and they get home to California and suddenly Faye is all fine and everything's good. Next. So that's better. Getting through them that fast is very good. Oh boy, is having a hard time loading this one. Get it together, computer. You can do it. Um, Okay. Sorry, sorry. Do you have these pulled up? I, it's so hard to navigate through these stories, especially because I didn't <laughs> initially, so I don't know where the oh, yeah, that's start true. and end at all. Um, it's okay. It's, I, it was all one big two-hour and six-minute long file on the Mr. Creepypasta Storytime podcast Mr. Creepypasta? Mm, I listened to a SoundCloud recording this morning, and it was just a nightmare. It was so bad. I didn't realize how many times he used the word Indian instead of Native American until I heard that recording, and then I was like, oh no. But he defends himself in the comments like, I am a history teacher, and Native Americans have taken that word, and it empowers them. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. I mean, maybe no, I'm wrong. Uh, uh, American Indian is considered an accepted term. Really? But also, it's down to the individual. Um, yeah. It, it's 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 um it's a more complicated thing. Uh, we should. I think that it would be nice if uh, Americans just adopted the Canadian terminology First Nations, which um oh is yeah, that's both, really good. Is precise, unique, and accurate. <laughs> 
That is incredibly true. I am so sorry. My computer has decided it won't load this one, this one in particular, and it is trying to destroy my internet based on it. Suddenly, uh, it's not loading anything at all. Well, the, it's still recording, right? Yeah, the recording's fine. That's not internet-based. Woohoo! We did it. Okay, we're in. Okay, cool. All uh, right. So are we back to him getting back up to Pike's Peak? No. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's skip to it. All right. A ton of weird shit happens at home. He feels like Faye's getting worse. He calls in this Shoshone woman, and she's like, oh, no, the hollow ones are following you. Try to look that up. No hits in Google. Um, and Felix is like, okay, I've had enough of this. I'm gonna go back to Colorado um, and figure this shit out on my own. Uh, there's a lot of weirdness with like, Faye says that she went to the cabin once when she was 14, and then she says that she's never been there, and the mom says that she went there once when she was five, and it's just like, there's a lot of weird stuff uh, about the number five that happens. I don't really want to talk about it because none of it matters at all, but... They focus really yeah, does that, on the does that lead any? Does that lead anywhere in the sequel? It does go somewhere in the sequel. It's oh, you have no idea how this resolves. That's wild. Oh, stopping at that point yeah, is so wild. The ro well, the romantic cabin getaway ends pretty satisfactorily. Like they're they're uh, no longer possessed, but ooh, maybe they are, and then it's over. Yeah, uh, I guess it would have been better I, I think, if I had stopped there. Um, cause then, like, I don't need to, I just, like, skipped ahead and was scrolling through part 16 and, like, there's more stuff with, um, with, like, the native park ranger and his family yeah. and, like, they docked on the cab and, like, come on, I don't care about any of that. Oh, but nothing is resolved even a little bit at all in this first one. It's just, like, they maybe aren't possessed anymore. Yeah, the end. but that, it's, it's a horror story, though, so that's... Yeah, good. I just Where it's like there's like a last minute twist of like, oh, they're still possessed, and it's both of them that are possessed, and then oh, they're fine, but uh, but are they spooky? You good are ending. really spoiling the synopsis, Jeff. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's what we do on this show. Is we, <laughs> yeah, we spoil the gotta, stories. It goes like a story, though. It. It goes no, no. In, well, this really we're, doesn't we're just, go in the order. We're of the just story. trying. We're just trying to recap the events. We're not trying to recreate the <laughs> thrilling nature of reading yeah. this. Let's this recap them in epic. any order we want, and the the listener can put it together in whatever order they want. Maybe it'll uh, come I'm out just, better. I'm so exhausted from like trying to get through what happened in the story because. So much nothing happened. It was just nothing over oh and over and over. That is absolutely true. It's extremely long. Uh, yeah. There are a couple of good so, images, right. actually, in that creepy part, but whatever. Okay, so uh, he's back what is, at the what cabin. What is the guy's name? T-Way is the... Uh, T-Way and Nathan. Nathan, I know, is the son. And then who is the, the father? The uh, Native American park ranger. Oh, Greg, which is the same name as Faye's dad. That's uh, why you called him the father. He's not related to Nathan and T-Way. Okay. <laughs> 
two characters one name. <laughs> All right. No. <laughs> so Tiwe's really a is a different guy. Yeah, three uh. three guys. Tiwe, who is the like elder of a nearby unnamed Native American tribe. Nathan, who is his son, and Greg, who I don't think we know whether he's a Native American or not. His nationality is not specified. He just works yeah. as a park ranger. Okay. Uh, so, so it, we get into Tiwe- like a bunch of stuff where Nathan and Tiwe and maybe Greg are like, it's important that you get Faye's engagement ring back, yes. uh, but also don't break up that big spooky dream catcher, and we're going to put a regular dream catcher right next to it. Yeah, um, and then and he's then- like, Reddit users have pointed out to me that maybe it's not a dream catcher, and I'm like, yeah. don't say Reddit users have pointed out to me, you understand, you know what it is and isn't. I get the yeah. feeling that this is very much one of those stories where the audience was giving him good ideas, and yeah. he was like, okay, I will take that. Um, but yeah, when Tiwe shows up, he's like, hey, this creature is called, uh, he says some Hopi words, but the translator wouldn't go for me. The Hopi to English translator didn't like this set of words, but he says that they, in English, call it the imposter, and that's really all that matters. Oh, it's imitating his voice now. It's just imitating a lot of voices, and we don't know why yet. We will find out, though. Don't you fret. We will find mm-hmm. out. Okay. Sort of. No, in the actual sequel, we do find out. Oh, right. In the sequel. Okay. Yeah. And then um, then we're up to... It. Oh, yeah. Atan Anatokua. That doesn't... Ooh. I, I'm gonna jump, I'm gonna dump this into Google and see if it's nothing. It's nothing. It doesn't turn anything up. I yeah, tried. Yeah, it's. Uh, I just get links to this story. It's. Oh boy, if you're gonna pull from some kind of indigenous people's mythology, if like why why, why dear author would you not just pull from actual uh, indigenous mythology? It's very rich and there's a lot of it, and that seems way more offensive to me uh, that he would just make up <laughs> a new Native American boogeyman rather than googling around to find uh, one that exists already. Yeah, I agree. That's a big problem. I was actually really impressed with this, like, when I was first reading the story before I did any research with, like, the deep cut poll of, like, this monster I've never heard of, and I was like, oh, good for you, but it's just fake. Why did you do that? Yeah, he just invented one. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's a little annoying. Um, So, uh, this whole thing with these monsters continue. Uh, uh, They, like, repeat what he says, they repeat, like, some of his phone calls, they keep trying to get him to say his name, and at one point he insists his name is Daniel to the creatures, which is very stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't go anywhere or mean anything. Um, And then they, he sort of discuss, he sort of theorizes that what is, um, it's trying to imitate him so that it can get to Faye, Mm -hmm. but that he also sort of thinks that Faye is fake, uh, and all this stuff happens, and eventually, oh, right, he finds the wedding, uh, the, uh, engagement ring, and it's (laughs) entangled in the spooky, um, the spooky dream catcher. And remember, the only instructions were don't break the spooky dream catcher and get the ring back, so we've created a real problem here. Yeah, and uh, Felix tells us, of course, that there's no way for him to get the ring out without completely destroying the dream catcher, <laughs> which is very dumb, because he yeah. already described it as being really big, and it's been outside during storms. Like, 
It's just you could probably do it. It's fine. just like it's there's made of no way twigs and hair. It's fine. <laughs> there's no way it can be tangled in there so much that you would have to break every strand of hair to get it open. And also, like, isn't there hair in the basement or something? Oh, that was a dream. I never figured out what that was about. It's never explained. Um, yeah, a lot of this story is just spooky imagery that doesn't have anything to do with the plot or mean anything. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so he breaks the dreamcatcher to get the ring and. Because Tiwe, uh, or Nathan, had just given him a new dreamcatcher that they said was going to protect him. So he was like, whatever. And this spooky dreamcatcher that appeared supernaturally from nowhere probably has no influence. And this one that my friend made will do just as well. Guess what? It doesn't. Because... Yep. He gets the ring back and he's like, cool, sweet. And then he wakes up in the middle of the night and he's like in bed, in a bed where he fell asleep, like not in a bed. And someone's arm is around him and he's like, what the fuck? And he was also... As the reader, you know, okay, it's Faye and it's gonna, they're gonna try and pull a, it was all a dream thing. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, I was holding a gun and now I'm not holding a gun anymore. Uh, whoa. And then he looks and guess what it is Faye we were all right um and it's like super cold and he's like what is happening and she's like oh don't you remember we're just in Pike's Peak you've not been feeling well and he is not falling for it even a little bit but it's he sees that the front door is open and before the dream catcher was broken the monster had to be invited in like it was always asking him like can I come in and he was like no of course you can't uh but now that the dream catcher is broken it doesn't have to do that anymore um yeah this this I did appreciate as um like it, it was an it was a good narrative construction to be like I have to get the ring and I can't break the dreamcatcher so those goals will be at odds yeah uh, and then it's an interesting consequence to see that actually that cursed dreamcatcher wasn't cursed it was good yeah but he they suspected that that might have been true all along too like Nathan and Tiwe said to him a lot like um, supernatural beings can put stuff like this here to protect you or it can be involved fighting the monster or whatever. So we, we never really were sure, but now we definitely know. And then uh, there's a lot of emphasis put on names here. Um, they say that like, oh, Native American culture and like Native American monsters focus heavily on names. And I have no idea whether that's true or not. Um, yeah, I think I think he was thinking of wizards. <laughs> I think that's wizards who think names are really important. Yeah, those are the same, right? Native Americans and wizards, same? If you ask, if you ask Felix Blackwell. Nice, got him. Uh, <laughs> and Owned. <laughs> yeah, noob. Um, she is like, she says his name really menacingly. Oh, oh, this was important. He saw T-Way outside in the snow right after he broke the Dreamcatcher, but he was like, oh, this is definitely ghost T-Way because he was all cut up and messed up. Um, oh, yeah, like a like a skeleton was wearing his skin or something. Yeah, and so then Faye looks at him with the same kind of eyes as the bad T-Way, and she's like, do you remember the five? And remember, there's been a lot of five imagery happening, and it really wants to know about this. It asks a bunch, and then it attacks him, and they do a little scuffle, um, and then he takes some, what is it, sage that... Nathan had given him and it's like a little bit on fire and he shoves it into the monster's eyes and chants something. Again, I searched for this chant too and it returned nothing. Of course. Yep. 
Just yeah, Faye Faye had drawn a backwards five while sleepwalking. Um, and the monster and, also uh, turned the lights on and off in series of five at one point. Yeah, uh, bad writing thing here. Um, it tries to make it like, oh, five is an important number to Faye, and we don't know why, but we do have a pretty good reason why. And he doesn't bring it up. It's because something weird happened to her at this cabin when she was five. And that is not why. Not why. Yeah, that's not why. Nope. But, like, wh why not just say she was six so that we don't think that those things yeah. are connected? I don't know. It's just, like, that's kind of a mess. There's a lot yeah. of weirdness about, like, the things that are allowed to be randomly generated by the author. Like, people's names and times and dates and stuff like that that just end up getting really crazy and confusing and he tries to make excuses for it and it just like doesn't happen uh yeah you have to you have to play test your mysteries yeah because like people are going to look at this kind of thing that is presenting a mystery like a game and they're going to think that things are clues when they're not clues mm -hmm. and you have to do your best to alleviate people taking clues where they shouldn't otherwise you're a bad writer who's intentionally misleading your audience <laughs> that is true or i don't know and did you watch these videos that go along with it? Oh, uh, no, God. because I, I oh, listened to it and I wasn't oh, sure. Oh, right. So the first video is like just a video of Felix shooting from the door of his house into the woods. Like, this is where I saw a creepy thing happen. But it's literally just like him talking and also the woods. And then the next one is a 30 minute interview with Faye. Just like yeah, talking just about on that now. Like what? That is so long. It's so long. I put it on in the background while I was doing other stuff and just would like periodically check in on it. Like what's happening? And it's just like a list of all the supernatural stuff she said has happened to her in her life for 30 minutes what why yeah. uh apparently apparently she says that she wouldn't call them paranormal experiences yeah <laughs> and then there's um, so but many but then of all them. of them are so explicitly supernatural yeah she's like oh well i wouldn't say anything like really paranormal has ever happened to me but like when i was a kid a ghost like shook me off of my bed onto the floor or whatever and i like looked at him and he was wearing a top hat definitely a ghost but like it was fine and that's not related so... to this story it's not yeah it's <sighs> bonus content. Uh, so then um, he eventually is rescued because uh, they're evacuating the whole mountain for a big blizzard. Mm -hmm. And he goes home and he puts the ring on Faye's finger. And apparently from exactly the time when he got the ring, uh, Faye stopped behaving strangely because they were keeping her with some family friends who were like making sure she wasn't hurting herself while she slept sleepwalked. Um, and then he gets the ring back on her and she seems fine. And then he gets a call from Nathan, Nathan. and, um, Nathan is like, put it on the phone. And <laughs> like, what? what do you mean? And then he's like the thing that calls itself Faye. And I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I got that as soon as Nathan was calling and everything. I mean, I kind of figured yeah. everything was not okay because there was more time left uh, in the reading uh, than a conclude. Yeah. Uh, but, like, then he talks to her on the phone for, uh, like, a full minute, and she just listens, and then she starts uh, barfing up creepypasta fluid. <laughs> 
Um, Hot bone milk. Uh, uh, black goopy, black goopy sludge, the popular fluid from all creepy pastas. Oh, he also um, uses the creepy pasta word hyper realistic earlier in the story. Yeah, yeah, uh huh. He nailed them all. Yeah, everything, everything starts to look like uh, a an impeccably rendered video game or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. And like he's saying this as if all readers would be like, yeah, I know what that is. I totally understand that feeling. I don't know what that means at all. Yeah, all of the twelve. As- reading no sleeper like oh yeah i've been so afraid i was pretty sure i was gonna die before that's happened to me and it's like i i don't know the feeling he's talking about of everything looking like you're in a video game either it's like someone looked up someone else's description of disassociation dissociation (laughs) and was like this i'm just gonna use that even though i've never experienced it yeah and they're describing it badly Uh, that is true. I don't know, it's it's weird. Uh, yeah. And then so, so he gets keeps, the phone back, yeah. uh, and he barfs up a bunch of fluid. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Everything is fine." It turns out we were both infected by imposter virus uh, that was going to turn us into monsters. It wasn't a copy of Faye. She was her, but she was like infected with this monster blood. Um, and then um, we're fine now. But she played a good joke on me where she did something that the monster version of her did earlier in the story. The end forever. Oh yeah, also T.Y. did die. Nathan said that. He was like, he got sucked into a mine that we were trying to bless, and then I saw his skinned corpse, so... He didn't go go to the funeral, though, because he didn't want to go back to the cabin. No, he didn't go to the funeral because he is going to lose his job because he hasn't been at his job in so long. (laughs) This is what he says. (laughs) Okay, let me just... He He says, I can't go back to that place, too. Oh, he also says, I am flat broke from this experience and I'm going to get fired from my job. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know which of those is more important. So let me yeah. extremely quickly tell you how some of these mysteries wrap up. I'm not going to read any of these or talk yeah, about them. T- tell, tell me tell me the, uh, the goddamn seven part sequel, please. Six part <laughs> sequel. Six part sequel. Yep. Um, okay. So the throw up, Faye starts acting like it's a person. Uh, she like talks about him in her sleep and when she's drunk she's like fuck that guy pointing at the stain and she like keeps throwing up in the night and it gets closer and closer to their bedroom um the narrator is trying to call nathan forever and he's not responding and we have no idea why and then uh faye gets sent home from work for doing some weird stuff and then her sister comes to visit and she just like totally falls apart she like takes the baby outside and tries to offer it to the trees and her sister the baby yeah but sorry the sister has a baby i oh, i'm trying okay. to go so fast i'm probably missing some stuff um becca is also right, that's fine becca's a sister five years older than Faye. not significant <laughs> it's not it doesn't matter you just picked uh, five it's again. Another, it's another red herring number five. Yeah, it's another red herring Annoying. five. So the mother and the sister keep lying to him about what's happening. Um, Faye keeps, like, doing weird and bad things with and about this child. And, like, she wakes up in the middle of the night, like, creating a... Pi- cradling a pillow and she's like he needs me he's a corpse and the husband is like what are you saying um and then 
Dreamcatcher, whatever. Yeah, I, I can't help you here. So, <laughs> I this fart. it's okay. So, they bring in a hypnotist, and the hypnotist is like, you have to bring the bad man here. Um, and she's like, no, I can't do that. Um, and then she's like, oh, well, I still don't know what's happening. Nathan says, in, when he calls, tell me about the child Felix. And he's like, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, and then he gets off the phone with Nathan and some more weird and bad stuff is happening between Faye and the sister that doesn't matter. Uh, we're at f- part five of the six-part sequel right now, so we're doing well. Um, oh, pretty yeah. good. So then he Skypes with the mom and she's like, oh, the thing about Faye is, and then Faye comes downstairs and she hangs up and you're like, ah, really? For real? We're at part five of the six-part sequel. Can you just? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when it was coming out, it was an interminable. <laughs> no knew how long it could possibly be. <laughs> so long. And then Nathan uh, calls again. <laughs> it's Saturday and Faye and I have plans to get new furniture at Ikea. Not related to anything. It's just there. Um, Nathan is like, uh, the imposter monster doesn't read minds, it reads dreams. And they're like, oh, so that's why it can mimic people's voices. It's all the people we've dreamed about. I get it now. Um, mm, and That's dumb. Yeah, it's super dumb. And then, so they've been trying to figure out what these monsters typically want for like the whole time. And basically the explanation that Tiwe gave was like, oh, it's a an unhuman and it's trying to collect all of the parts it needs to become human. And the reason it only comes out at night and not during the day is because it doesn't look human enough yet for you to be able to look at it and have it be normal. Um, yeah, that was that was the explanation still in the first part of yes. it a little bit. But now he's like, so why does it need my wife? And... <laughs> Nathan is like, oh, it's just interested in her. She's like a puzzle and it doesn't understand. So it wants to find out what she's about. And I'm like, what are you saying? You're saying that this supernatural monster is just like innately childlikely curious about this woman and it's trying to murder you because that's dumb. So dumb. Um, So what's the deal with five? So five is the mom shows up, uh, Faye's mom, and she hands him a scrapbook. And she's like, I was pregnant uh, when right before Faye and I and her dad went to the cabin and uh, Christopher, who is going to be the brother, is going to be the fifth member of our family. And so in the scrapbook, there's a big number five on one of the pages. And she's like, Faye made this. And it's like all big and whatever. And like, uh, she says, oh, yeah, but the baby was stillborn. And Faye doesn't remember any of this. She doesn't remember that we used to go to the cabin all the time that weird shit happened at the cabin she doesn't remember anything about this and then Faye is standing at the bottom of the stairs and she's like oh now I do and she hides out in her room for several days Nathan sends them a tea and they drink it and whatever and then the monster shows up again and narrator chases it down the street and it knocks him on the ground and makes him throw up and stuff and then goes back to the house this is the last part we're almost done so is the is the implication that the monster is the stillborn baby um that is discussed in the comments but is not necessarily i think implied heavily by the story i okay i think it's just supposed to be in in my mind i think it's like her personal demons um because basically what happens is the monster comes back for Faye, and it's like tell me about the child but this time she 
she's awake and not asleep and she's like oh this is who Christopher was and this is why the number five matters and the monster like hisses and runs away and it says hold on I gotta find what it says I'm scrolling through so much to just tell you this part it says I walked a thousand <laughs> years across the dark to find you and then it's gone forever and it never ever ever comes back the end huh. yeah so some of the mysteries so are explained some are not, not but not really some of the mysteries <laughs> are explained but really just more stuff happens yeah I mean we we figure out what the five's all about oh also Nathan gets murdered he goes back to the cabin to check it oh. out and he gets totally murdered by the monster in the night so both Nathan and Tiwe died because of this guy's need to save his wife or whatever which totally sucks because they were actually cool and good <sighs> yeah yeah uh, oh well whatever uh, so uh, as you all dear audience have probably gotten uh, the impression of uh, we both think this story is way too long <laughs> and not satisfying for how, the length yes <laughs> That is true. Uh, as, I, uh, as I mentioned, I think that there are a couple of really good spooky images, like one paragraph at a time, but they also, then there's so many of them. It's almost like a Squidward's suicide where it's like, here's a spooky thing for this paragraph and here's a spooky thing for this paragraph, just like peppered in. And some, yeah. some of them hit and some of them don't, but it's just like a percentage thing. It's like 2% of the creepy things you put in here are scary, but 2% actually means like a 11 paragraphs because it's eternally long. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's really, really needlessly lengthy. And then... Especially especially because most of the spooky things are just this, uh, the same spooky thing that happened in the last part, but again. <laughs> and he was like, remember, he was like, I'm turning this into a book. And he did. You can buy it on Amazon. It's called like Oh, I don't remember. It's on Amazon. And he's like, I'm turning it into a book. I'm like, all you have to do is print this out and bind it because it's book length. It's so long. Yeah. It's eternal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't recommend reading this. I'm just going to say that uh, we've, like, we didn't do a good job, uh, I think, recapping it. Mostly just because it's so long and because none of the things that happen in it are important to the plot or to the development of the character. Yes. <laughs> I it's there is no nothing. character development for basically yeah. any of them. Actually, I think Nathan is the best fleshed out character in this whole thing, and the rest of them are just like puppetry. Yeah, they're just there basically. Yeah, it's not uh, great. Oh, th <laughs> this was suggested by um Ami Boo XX on Twitter. Why? And um I just want to ask, why do you hate us? <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Thank, thank you for listening and thank you for your suggestion. But seriously, um, why do you I'm hate so, us? I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm sorry that we didn't like the story that you suggested. It's apparently um, also it, it like happens. a pretty popular creepy pasta. Like it immediately turns up if you search cabin getaway. So yeah, like it's like the first twelve items, sixteen, I guess. I think probably because it was very thrilling if you were on no sleep while it was coming out. Yeah, there's a lot of comments. There's a, lo yeah. a lot of people like trying to figure stuff out. And like I said, I think literally the story had no planned ending. I get the feeling that he just like wrote the first one and was like, great, here's some intelligent, interesting comments. Let me delete these comments and just put it in the story. That's fine. So I don't know. It just like the number of things that lead nowhere, like the monster keeps yelling at them in the night and it says, watch you, watch you, wo my, wo my. And that means nothing. It doesn't turn up in Google. 
It's not explained in the story. At some point, Tiwe goes, oh yeah, that's a common chant in our language. And the narrator says something like, but he didn't tell me what it means. And I'm like, why not? <laughs> you could have so easily Yeah, well, we're not going to be able us. to find out what it means. Yeah. I think that, I think that this story is a symptom of, I don't know what the, the root cause is, but the, the disease is the type of world building you get in Lost and in Five mm. Nights at Freddy's, mm-hmm. where a very creative person is unleashed to do whatever they want, and the thing they want is to do a lot of cool, weird, mysterious things that mean nothing and lead nowhere. Yeah. And that, that I think is more acceptable if you are trying to make an interesting television pilot and you don't expect that it will ever get picked up to series and then you have to make six seasons of TV show <laughs> after that. Uh, I don't know I also if it's think acceptable. It's acceptable. Uh, you could have thought of a yeah, real it's, ending. It's understandable. <laughs> yeah. At um, I think that it is, I would say, downright acceptable to do in a video game when you're trying to create an ARG that is just like little nuggets of mystery. Yeah, sure. um, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's is a little egregious with how much it obviously swipes fan theories to make them part of official lore. And I think also uh, another thing that Scott Coffin does is like, <laughs> based on how many fans think that something is true, if it becomes too popular a theory, he'll be like, no, no, uh-uh. And even if he was planning on that being true, he'll like specifically write into the next video game, like, this fan theory that came out was untrue. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I think... Anyway, this, I think, this story, I think, suffers from that uh, sort of, like, if you consume enough of those stories, you're like, here's how you construct a mystery. You uh, tack a bunch of thumbtacks to your conspiracy board with red string on them, <laughs> and then you figure out you figure out what pictures the other end will attach to later after you make <laughs> the pictures. That's a good way to describe it. That's true. Yeah. I- like, you just, you just want to get that cool web of red thread up there, and you'll worry about having it make sense later. Did you ever read uh, the Two Minute Mysteries series when you were younger. I can't remember who wrote it. I think Dan or David or something. Last name starts with a B. It's... I had a, a, a game called Mind Trap that was a bunch mm. of little like single card mysteries. Yeah. Like, you're like they had a recurring detective character who was like, oh, the person was shot, but there's no uh, gunpowder inside the car or signs of forced entry and the car's locked. Uh, and then you look at it's like... The, the the detective declares, I know what happened. Yeah, and, and then, then you, you have, have to solve it. it out. Yeah. And then you look at the other side and it's like, it was a convertible. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, I... I think that these two-minute mysteries or, like, the clue books that are written like this, you know, like, some of them are, like, actual novels and some of them are like that, where they just, like... Pres- yeah, I think I actually read a couple of those clue... Oh, my God. Clue, uh, young, like, middle middle grade, yeah. I think, middle grade novels. Yeah, I extremely loved them when I was younger. They are so good. But those particular types of thing are so good at that when they're done well. Like, the two examples that I just listed, the two-minute mystery 
Mysteries and the Clue books are both so amazing at within like two or three, you know, six by nine pages, little pages can just be like, here is a realistic story and embedded within it are enough clues for you to solve this pretty complicated mystery. Now do it. And I think that that is something that I wish was easier to incorporate into longer bits of fiction. I understand that it's hard when you have to think about, okay, I have 300 pages and within those pages I have to bury 10 nuggets. Where do I put them and what do I make them? Then just like, oh, here's three pages. I need to put 10 nuggets in them. So it's like every other paragraph, right? You know what I mean? It's just a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I think that if you are like a somewhat established no sleep author or if you are like if you think that your post could become popular enough to get sequels you should have an endpoint in mind and at least and i don't think that this person did yeah yeah i agree uh, oh, do you have any any other uh important thoughts on it before we get to our spookiest parts mm, no no we've said everything we needed to say yeah uh so what's your spooky part. Mm, I think for me it's probably one of the a million spooky scenes as I mentioned if it only hits 2% of the time and there are a million you're gonna get some good ones. The one where Faye gets up in the middle of the night and she's walking down the hallway and it's described as like tiptoeing but in a way where she's just like up on the balls of her feet swinging her legs straight out and her arms are totally limp. Like I think that would be so yeah. incredibly creepy and then he goes back into the guest room where bunch of the weird stuff has happened because it faces the forest and he sees outside a like small child-sized creature walking exactly the same way pacing exactly the same direction that Faye is and it's described as like if it's testing out a new body it's so good that particular part is very early yeah. on and it gave me a lot of hope for the rest of the story but that hope was extremely unfounded I um I really liked the part uh where the it's like the the twist at the end of the initial story mm -hmm. when Nathan calls oh, yeah. and he sounds very serious and he's like put the creature that calls itself Faye on that got me even though I expected it I was still like yeah that's pretty good that's like well done mm -hmm. and the performance the performance was pretty good Mr. Creepypasta did an unusually good job with this one um, including some like weird uh, vocal effects for some of the creature voices and stuff oh, cool. I, I appreciated that a lot um because um, we've talked about it on this show before. Sometimes the people who read Creepypastas don't even edit out the mistakes. Oh, didn't you threaten to fight Mr. Creepypasta once? Aren't you guys supposed to, like, have a showdown in the ring? Uh, yeah, we we have a wrestling match scheduled for um, next year in the summer. <laughs> That's very that's specific. It. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, uh, that's well, a time that someone can get back to you and talk to you about and say why didn't this the happen? The soul, the soul of comedy is <laughs> specificity. No, I I did a, a, a wrestling promo style call out of him. Yes. Of with about two sentences, but I don't think that I said that we were going to fight. I thought I. Um, I might have. I might have insisted that he fight me. <laughs> And I know I said the phrase, I'm calling you out, brother. I think that um, the guest on that in a, episode... In a Hulk Hogan way. I think a female guest on that episode said, are you going to fight Mr. Creepypasta? And you said something like, I guess I am. And then laughter ensued. 
Okay. I'll fact check yeah, all of maybe. this later. Except, oh god, I have no idea what episode it's on. This sounds impossible. Yeah, it seems very hard to the do. Version that- but anyway, I just, I wanted to praise the quality of, of uh, Mr. Creepypasta's recording this time. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, I listened to um, a version that was on SoundCloud because it was just like what first came up when I searched for a recording of it. And oh man, oh man, was it insensitive. There was... Who's... Oh, did they do funny voices? Uh, the funny voices were not a big deal. It was more like lack of any idea how to pronounce anything Native American. Like, you can prepare. Mm. All of these words are, like, sort of real. Like, the ones the ones that were the most egregious were, like, Shoshone for Shoshone. It's like, wait, <laughs> that's on the internet and you can look for it? And you must have heard that in your life? It was just, like, ugh, not great. And there was a lot of, like... Mis- maybe, maybe not. Keep in mind, we're from the... Uh, mid-Atlantic of the United States where every other town or street is <laughs> named after some Native American nation. That's um, true. So it's a little, we're a little more acclimated to that type of thing. Yeah, I suppose. Although, I think if, I think if you're doing a performance, you should probably Google how to pronounce the words in it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think he also just, like, totally noped out on, like, saying the name of the imposter that's given in Native American language. I think it's in Hopi. <laughs> Interesting that you used that phrase because the narrative of the story uses the phrase noped out. Uh, <laughs> uses true. uses noped as a verb very many times in the story to the point where it was noticeable even though the story was very long. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't really... Well, I noticed it when I was reading the story, but just now when I was saying that, I did not actively think about it. It just was what was released from my mouth. Also, I want to read you the About the Author section on Felix Blackwell's Amazon book. It's extremely short. Two two sentences. Okay, here we go. Felix Blackwell emerged from the bowels of Reddit, lowercase Reddit, during a botched summoning ritual. He writes novels and short stories in the horror and thriller genres and draws most of his inspiration from his own night. Nightmares. Excuse me. Excuse me, Felix. I have a question. Why? Why, why did you behave this way? Why did you release this into the world? Terrible. Yeah, it's pretty upsetting. Oh, man. He has two books now, apparently. One of them is called The Cold People, which I suppose explains where that comes from. The username, yeah. yeah. Suddenly we understand. Uh, so where can the people find you on the internet and interact with you if they especially like to hear your voice on here and want to say, hello, Hannah, I liked to hear your voice on that podcast. <laughs> oh, no, please don't say specifically that. It sounds extremely bad and I will have to. Well, this story made me- She also won't understand because it will be October by then. <laughs> I was on a podcast. This will be my response. Uh, Also, I mentioned, do you remember I brought that story called He Won't Stop Tapping the first time I was on the show? And I mentioned that one of my extreme fears that I think about essentially every day is like someone being outside my window when I wake up at night. This was not great for me attempting to sleep because the spooky parts are sort of effective at times and I really don't like that particular type of imagery. Uh, Anyway, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Bananas Isle phone or on Snapchat as BananaBoat V3, and that's about it. I don't do anything. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, J3FK, Snapchat, and Instagram, JeffJK. Funtimes.online for more episodes of this show or my other podcast, which I assume is still happening. Um, <laughs> I don't think that we'll stop doing it, but also, it's like, that's literally four months in the future. Anything could happen. Um, <laughs> there could be a nuclear holocaust by then? Yeah, we could. you could be listening to this from 
the Vault Tech Vault uh, uh, 101 or whatever. With the final pan. Um, yeah. Uh, was that a Fallout 4 mod? It was Fallout 4, yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, that's, what, that's where Vault 101 is, right? Fallout 4? I. This is a lot of trivia or, for me who hasn't played this game in, in like a year. Uh, okay. I think Fallout 3 was Vault 111 and then Fallout 4 was Vault 101. That sounds And fine. then the new one is Vault 76. Yeah, my most recent exposure to that is rewatching the Monster Factory episode about it, which, oh boy, is just good content. That entire YouTube <laughs> channel is good internet content. Uh, you know what I've been doing lately is been giving recommendations to people for uh, horror things they can do, and you just reminded me by giving that recommendation for not a non-horror thing. Oh. But my recommendation for a horror thing is uh, that you should... Uh, oh, I, it's October now, so this is perfect. Hooray, watch a movie. Um, did I? I don't think that I uh, already recommended the. No, I did. I recommend. Damn it! I already recommended the Autopsy of Jane Doe, uh, which I think is a very good and scary movie. And I wanted. To, I was just about to accidentally recommend Whoops. it again. I think. Well, if you watch um, that good movie afterward, watch the extremely, extremely, extremely bad horror movie that was released like two years ago. I think called The Lazarus Project. So bad. Uh, that movie came out like five years what? ago. That movie is pretty. That that can't yeah. be. That can't be. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe 2014. No. Uh, it's 2015. That's like three years ago. Okay, I feel better. Uh, okay. That's only one more than two. Uh, it's, I just remember having watched it at a friend's apartment before I moved to this place. Mm, I watched um, it in theaters, yeah, and as a scientist, before. it made me extremely upset because... It made me mad because everybody in the movie is a good actor, and then the movie itself is just kind of bad. <laughs> Yeah, it's a real waste of Olivia Wilde, especially, because she spends half of the movie as, like, a <coughs> zombified dog murderer. It's got Olivia Wilde, Mark Duplass, and Donald Glover, and it's bad. <laughs> that is that is just miserable. Yeah, I might not have believed you if you told me that before, but I know now. Oh, boy. Yeah, I didn't. I certainly didn't believe it. My recommendation for this movie is going to be to watch Split, the M. Night Shyamalan mm. movie. Um, it's not... I wouldn't say it's a good movie, but it uh, is certainly a movie where James McAvoy knows that he's in an M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> Um, the uh, lead actress, I think it's fair to say, is a uh, scream queen now. It's Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, who was recently in Thoroughbreds. Um, she's also been in some other spooky movies. So oh, she was, right, she was Thomason in The Witch. Mm, I see. Um, yeah, she's a good actor, and so is, uh, she's also, she's playing, uh, Il Ileana Rasputin, aka Magic, in the upcoming New Mutants movie that was supposed to come out last, uh, March and is not coming out until, like, February oh, of boy. 2019. Oh, boy. Uh, apparently they wanted to do reshoots to make it scarier because people really liked that it was kind of scary. Mm, um, I don't know about that. Uh, what was that movie that they had to edit all the mustaches out of? Uh, <laughs> uh the, the, this was reshoots of Justice League. Oh yes, Henry, <laughs> yeah. Henry Cavill was uh, in contract for Mission Impossible Six, mm -hmm. where uh, if they needed to do reshoots, he had to have a mustache for that movie. 
and a lot of people like to say that you can really tell that Henry Cavill's face is weird in that movie, but it's not actually, because most of the parts where people said they could tell that his mustache was edited out were not things that were reshoots, and he, <laughs> that's just what his face looked like. I've seen uh, Similarly, they had to they had to CGI out arm casts from uh, uh, Jeremy Renner for the movie Tag, because he broke both of his arms doing a stunt oh. on the third day of shooting. <laughs> <laughs> How can you film a movie and look normal when you have casts on both of your arms? He did. They managed it. No, um, he can't possibly uh, look to, normal. He can't. He does. I didn't know this until after what? the movie. No. He looks fine. What? Uh, I think they mostly just put him in long sleeves. But no, that's not the point. The point is that your arms don't move normally when you're in a cast. They're locked in a single position. No, I don't think it was a cast that like went over the elbow. Oh, I so I think he could still bend his arm, what? but maybe not. Mm. Uh, anyway, that's all we have to say about this episode. I don't feel like looking for a line from this story. Goodbye. Uh, watch you, watch you, woe my, woe my. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Thank you.